Ahoy legend! Welcome to The Leadership Question. I'm Travis Thomas, CEO and Executive Coach at Team Buffalo. Over the last decade, I've worked with thousands of leaders to overcome some of the most difficult leadership challenges by using a blend of psychology, business, and strategy. This podcast has no theories, no gimmicks, and no bullshit. Just answers to your leadership questions so you can lead a team, company, and successful career. Let's get started with today's episode. Ahoy, listener. I'm back fresh off the plane from a two-day coaching and team development session cluster, I guess you'd call it. No, program, of course, with an executive team out in an operational area. So I've got a good topic for today. This has nothing to do with that offsite, but I came back, I was scrolling through LinkedIn and posting photos from the time offsite, and I saw something that I have always had an issue with, and I thought, ah, clearly that's a cue to answer a question that has been asked and passed several times, and I always have a very similar answer to, and that's, should I call my team a family? Or is it okay to use the language family when we talk about business? Now, my take on this is probably something you'd be able to predict if you're an avid listener, and we do have some, but it's not a popular one. And I don't care because you know what? The problems that come with this, I've seen firsthand and I've had to help leaders navigate firsthand from CEO level down to frontline leader. So I know the implications of screwing this up and the impact to your team. So my answer to the question right off the bat, as you probably have already guessed, is Don't do it. Now, I know it feels warm and fuzzy, but there's a lot of things that feel warm and fuzzy and are not a good idea in the long term or don't get to the best possible outcome. And this is one of those things. Now, what's wrong with it? That's what we're really going to answer today is what are the dangers in calling your team a family and where will you potentially have a debt to pay? You know, I talk about leadership debt and we'll talk about that more in future episodes. But what are some of the debts you will accumulate and have to pay as a leader if you default to this fuzzy language that creates an expectation that at some point will no longer be met? So what are they? First is if you think about your family, if you have one, you know, for me personally, I will out myself here. I don't actually really have um, siblings or parents in the picture at all. They're not a part of my life. They haven't been a part of my life for a very, very, very long time. There's, I'm estranged. Um, but I do have a wife and you know, she's my family. And I think if you think about the dynamic you have with your siblings or with your parents or with a spouse, that relationship is not the same relationship by any measure that you have with a team at work. There's different expectations. There are different levels of responsibility, both legally, financially, and kind of implicitly. So the first issue is that if you think about your family, the things that you would go through with a family member are not necessarily the same things that you would allow yourself to go through or even entertain in a business context. So for example, you might offer support to someone who's struggling with mental health or who has a severe issue or is going through something really rough at home, but you don't 
accept the responsibility, nor are you required to accept the responsibility for helping them solve that problem. You offer support services such as employee assistance programs, counseling, you know, time off, but you are not going on that journey directly. You're not sitting in the hospital room with them dealing with whatever that is. You might come visit, you might, you know, all those things, but you are not directly responsible for or assuming the responsibility for that, which means they have a journey they have to go alone and a family member who did that and wasn't part of that would create a degree of separation and it would be not the same dynamic as a family. So one, you've got this kind of, how do we go on journeys together? Two is that I've been involved in projects where, you know, things have fallen apart, where contracts haven't worked and unexpected events have impacted the business. And that's meant that roles and expectations and things have had to change, including redundancies for people. I don't know about you, but in families, you don't generally make people redundant or you don't have to say, hey, you know, I'm sorry, but we can't afford to pay you as a family member. So we're going to move you out. But the reality of business is the, the first priority in a business, in most businesses, is financial sustainability. And even if you're a not-for-profit or a government institution, you still have a level of financial stress that will always be present. If you're not-for-profit, you can't be at a loss all the time, even if it means keeping staff on, because you will run out of money and you can't operate, and that's trading insolvent. If you're in government, same thing. You've got finite budgets. You can't blow your budgets every year to keep people that the institution or organization can no longer afford to retain. So you can still be kind to them. You can try and support them and where they need to go. But you wouldn't, you know, I'm doing air quotes here, kick someone out of the family in the same way that you would have to in a business. And then third is this performance management dilemmas. You know, if someone's a family member, you'll tolerate a lot of bad habits from that person. You might try to get them to change, but ultimately go, you know, that's just the way that person is. I accept them for who they are. I love them no matter what, etc. Um, And yes, of course, families change and people get booted out, but the threshold is incredibly high. If you look at the workplace, there's an expectation and it's a real one and a fair one that actually if someone's got problems that they're bringing into the team, air quotes, family, then you as the manager, which isn't apparent, by the way, have a responsibility to performance manage that and get them back on track or move them along, e.g. out the door or to another department. That's not the same expectation in a family. And you don't kick someone out of your family and go, hey, I'm moving you to another family where I think you'll be a better fit. You can start to see how in a nice operating environment where none of these, you know, no one's got personal crises or stress, there's no financial problems and there's no performance problems that, yeah, it's nice, call each other a family. But in those three majority instances alone, that all breaks down really quickly. And then the problem and the debt you inherit is that, wait a minute, I thought we were a family. A family wouldn't do this to each other. What the hell is going on here? And everyone knows the jig is up. It's no longer a family dynamic. It's no longer as nice and airy-fairy as we think it is. Now, I'm not saying to you, don't do your best to build a great workplace. I'm not saying that at all. That's 100% what my company, Team Buffalo, is about. That's why I started the company is let's make work the best possible place for everyone while still achieving our financial and career objectives as leaders in organizations. But those things involve trade-offs that are not the same as a family. And I'd say, look after your people always. Build the best culture possible. Do the most you can to hang on to really good talent, even when finances are tight. But if you have a major downturn, if you lose a big contract, that means you can't retain those people. You have to make the tough calls because actually, if you don't, the whole place goes under and then you're in worse situation. 
And I know there's a guilt that comes with that, but that's the difference between being a leader and being a parent. Those are not the same thing, and they have different legal and expectational societal requirements, I would say. And then my last bugbear on this, and I'm not being preachy as always, I'm giving you advice because my role in this one leadership question a day podcast is to help you avoid the landmines that get so many leaders into trouble. And my last bit of advice on that is please, for the love of God, do not take a parental title in this. I have worked firsthand with a couple of organizations where they're like, oh, you know, we'll use the name Joe. Joe's the dad of the team, uh, like e.g. the father of the the family. Uh, you know, that's that's Papa Joe or whatever. And it's and I go, wait, is that like your nickname? They're like, no, they refer to me as like a workplace father. I'm like, oh, fuck. That's not good <laughs> because that's not true. That's not what you're going to do. That's not the reality of when the shit hits the fan. This is not how it's going to play out. And as nice as that title is, that's going to really piss people off when you're not there for them because the business requires you to make a different decision. So instead of, what do you do? Instead of this, what's the alternative? Well, still build a great culture. Focus on the things. Care about people. Look after people. Develop them. Be there when you can. Provide those support services like EAP and therapy that, you know, if that's within the remit of your organization. Offer them the perks that include wellness and time off where appropriate. Do all of that good employer stuff. But you really need to hold fast on the fact that I'm a leader and I'm here to develop and develop people and retain top talent. But if the context change, we have to change. You really need to hold that firm. And I think that if you can learn that earlier and that, you know, you're not, you might be best mates, again, air quotes with people you work with, but ultimately that will break down when you have to make tricky business decisions. And I don't want to see you as a leader fall into a trap of what that can turn into and what the real pain of that is. You know, I've had to be involved in conversations where leaders have had to performance manage someone that they would call a really good friend or a best friend. You know what that feels like? And of course, you can bond with people at work, but you just need to be really careful about saying that that person's like a brother to me, um, because the reality is that you're going to have to make a decision and do something that you wouldn't have done to your brother, but you have to do to a coworker or a direct report. So that's my bit of advice. Please, for the love of God on LinkedIn, encourage other people or at least don't engage with their posts. I can't wait till the thumbs down symbol appears on LinkedIn for now, I'm just, I use the laugh emoji. Um, but but so don't engage with posts where you see people saying things like, oh, this is the best work family ever. And, you know, I, I'm a big papa, whatever. I literally saw that and it just made me shake my head today. So that's been today's episode of the leadership question. Today, we answered that question around, you know, what's the issue with calling my team or coworkers family? Keep being a kick ass leader. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your mates, get it out there. You know, this is all advice that's free for you to help you make good decisions as a leader and be the best possible leader you can be. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you in tomorrow's episode. Keep being amazing.